Hey hikers, welcome to the Thruer Podcast, where we talk to new and experienced long distance or through hikers about their adventures on and off trail. I'm your host, Cheer. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Thruer Podcast. Today, we are going to be talking to Mike or Noman short for nomenclature, who hiked the Tahoe Rim Trail, as well as the small but mighty Trans-Catalina Trail. And exciting announcement, Noman has also been accepted into our ambassador program. So we have a couple of ambassadors. We're looking to expand our ambassador program, um, but we're starting small. And so we are so honored to have Noman on our team. Speaking of teams, Noman was also part of our trail team last year. So we followed along with his adventures and um, it was really wonderful to see him hike along and finish both trails. Noman is a fellow Californian, which we kind of go into a little bit. He's a photographer and he also serves on the U.S. Coast Guard. And in this episode, we go over all things Tahoe Rim Trail, Trans-Catalina Trail. Um, we really get into gear in this one, so I know a lot of hikers love that. I definitely geek out about it. His first backpacking trip and some funny moments from that. Cowboy camping, his favorite trail towns and meals along specifically the Tahoe Rim Trail. Dealing with fire closures and more. Before we get started, we'd like to thank our sponsor for this podcast, Sawyer. I've personally used many Sawyer products on my Triple Crown journey, which currently includes the PCT and the CDT, and I've loved all of their stuff so far. Of course, this includes the Sawyer Squeeze for Water Filtration, really came in handy, I mean, obviously, pretty much the whole trail, and um, especially when I was on the CDT filtering water I was sharing with cows, so totally love my Sawyer Squeeze. I've used the Picardin for pesky mosquitoes in the Wind River Range along the CDT, it worked really good, really great. The permethrin that I used for also the pesky mosquitoes in Oregon along the PCT and the list goes on. I'll be hiking the Appalachian Trail soon to finish my Triple Crown and I'm very aware of the tick situation and I am definitely planning to use Sawyer products on my trek north. For my Appalachian Trail trek, I've decided that I'm going to be using Picardin on my skin, which I love because it's non-greasy and fragrance-free, and it's effective for up to 12 hours versus mosquitoes and ticks. It's safe to use on clothing and gear, and like I said, I've used it on the CDT and the Wind River Range, and it worked really well. And to double down on protection from ticks, which is what I'm really worried about. The mosquitoes are also very annoying too. But for tick protection, I'm also going to pair it with using permethrin on my clothing, which is good for six weeks or six washes. And I have used their permethrin in Oregon along the Pacific Crest Trail, and it worked really well against the mosquitoes there. So I'm going to apply that to my upcoming AT track. So if you yourself are going on a long hike, maybe even a short hike, and you want protection from all the pesky critters out there, you can check out the Sawyer website, and that link is in the show notes for you. All right, let's get into it with Mike, our nomenclature. I hope you enjoy our discussion about his adventures along the Tahoe Rim Trail and the Trans-Catalina Trail. Noman, thank you so much for coming on. How are you today? Uh, thank you so much for having me on board. Uh, doing well. Just uh, had some breakfast, some coffee, so we're ready to start the day. Yeah, ready to talk about your treks. So we're going to talk today about, and this is actually up to you. So I know you hiked the Trans-Catalina Trail and you <laughs> hiked the Tahoe Rim Trail. Yes. So we can talk, we can kind of lump everything into this, or we can talk about just one or the other. So it's totally up to you. What would gotcha. you prefer? Uh, we can probably lump uh, them together, although my, I'm probably going to be focusing more on the Tahoe Rim Trail. We'll just see how the conversation goes, but excited to talk about all the trips. Okay, sounds great. So um, just for the, the new listeners out there, I'll give a rundown of what we're going to talk about because it's the same for every experienced hiker, just to kind of um, 
give, especially new hikers, it's great because they can compare and contrast answers between hikers. So it's really great that we have kind of the same flow for each experienced hiker. So we're going to have you, Noman, give an intro for yourself, anything you want our audience to know, like where you're from, um, what maybe what you do off trail, if you want to share that and that sort of thing, maybe your real name, <laughs> whatever you want to share. Um, and then we're going to get into our rapid fire questions, which are just meant to be fun. And they're some highly debated topics. So it's kind of a this or that type thing. And then we're going to get into our 10 main questions, mostly about your experience on trail, obviously. And after that, um, I'm going to give any follow-up questions that I have. And then we're going to ask where we can follow you on your future adventures, because I know you have some exciting plans for the future. So with that, Noman, um, give an intro for yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Hello, everybody. Uh, my name is Mike, uh, also uh, known as Noman on the Trail. Uh, born and raised in California, pretty much been living here for most of my life. Uh, I have moved in uh, in a couple states, uh, Oregon, uh, and then pretty much uh, been traveling up around the Pacific Northwest, mostly a West Coaster, essentially. Uh, but outside of uh, hiking, uh, I am an active duty service member within the Coast Guard. Uh, been absolutely phenomenal traveling the seas, been able to travel the world and kind of experience some of the outdoor areas uh, internationally. Uh, so yeah, that's what I do. And uh, also aside from hiking, I also do a little bit of photography, although, you know, I'm still kind of new, even though I've been doing it for like the past three years, always learning. And I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> oh, you know what? I, I guess I didn't realize the photography part of what you do. Do you have a website or is most of it on your Instagram? Yeah, so most of my photography is just kind of on Instagram. Uh, it's just kind of like uh, a photo blog of, you know, moments that I capture and things that I kind of recall uh, over time, uh, all posted on the Instagram. Yeah, and we'll, when we get to the end, um, we'll go into more of where we can follow along with you on Instagram will be one yeah. of them. And obviously we'll put all of the links for the listeners in the show notes, listeners and viewers, if you're watching this on YouTube or whatever. So um, <laughs> perfect. And thank you for your service as well. Yeah, thank you. Um, and fellow West Coaster here, <laughs> California. <laughs> Woo! Can't beat California. West Coast is the best coast. Oh my God, yes. A little expensive, but you know what? Yes. It's beautiful here. <laughs> All right, let's get into a rapid fire question. So first thing, we're getting right into the nitty gritty. Grossest thing you did or ate while on trail? Ooh, okay. So grossest thing that I have did on trail, um, it's kind of an embarrassing one, but so, you know, you're hiking along, your, your gut's kind of like a little uneasy. You're like, oh, maybe I'll just air it out a little bit. Um, that did not happen. <laughs> uh, it, yeah, so when don't force this one thing. So yeah, it happened. And then I definitely felt a little squishiness uh, in between the cheeks. And I was like, that is the most uncomfortable feeling uh, I've ever had. And I was like, a day away from going into town, uh, and this was me on the Tahoe Rim Trail. So it was about a day uh, going into town, and I was like, this is so uncomfortable. My, my briefs are probably not the greatest feeling. And I was just like, I just need, I just need wash or disgust. It's, yeah, basically, it's all, all the levels of feeling and disgust uh, happening at that moment. Um, thankfully, you know, it had an extra pair uh, changed into uh, at, at the campsite as uh, soon as I set up camp. Uh, felt so much better after that. Um, and then as far as food-wise, uh, complete 180. <laughs> um, there's these like interesting bag of chips uh, that I had bought from a market. Uh, they were like salted avocado chips. I was trying to be like a little bit healthy on the trail, but um, when I had them, I was... They were not great. They were like stale, a little bit dry. And I thought I, I probably hyped myself up a little bit too much for it. And then I realized these were not the best purchase uh, I've had. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that first experience you talked about happens quite a bit on trail. <laughs> and thank you for being so candid about that. Yes. It's like a little content warning. Yeah, it was. Uh, uh, let's just say they they did not look great uh, when I, I stuck them in the laundry. <laughs> right. Yeah. But thank goodness for laundry, right? Thanks. Yes. Thank goodness for town days. 
Okay, perfect. Next question, UL or don't care? Ooh, uh, don't care. Um, although I do try to aim to be as light as possible, I mostly aim for practicality. Um, so if it's light and it's practical, I know I definitely will be using it. Uh, that's gear I would definitely be buying. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Perfect. All right, next rapid fire, boots or trail runners? Ooh, trail runners. Um, specifically ones that have like a little bit of the ankle support, like the ultra um hikers uh which have like that extra three inches i guess uh on the on the ankle to support um i haven't gotten used to boots quite yet um or sorry not boots uh trail sneakers specifically uh, um but yeah all hikers all the way okay yeah mm -hmm. that's what most people say on <laughs> at least the people who have been on this show so far that's what most yeah. of them say mm -hmm. Perfect. Okay, next. Stove or cold soak? Ooh, definitely stove. Uh, nothing beats a hot meal at the end of the day, even if it was like a super hot day on the trail. Uh, nothing just kind of beats, you know, cooking, relaxing, chilling with friends, um, and every, you know, being able to like smell the food and and really uh, devour it at the at dinner time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's something comforting about a lot of people say a warm meal, especially at the end of the day. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm there too. <laughs> I, did, <laughs> I did cold soak and I've talked to, you know, quite a few people who have cold soaked and they're all about it. So it just depends, but it seems like most people go on the stove side of this question for sure. Yeah. Awesome. Love it. Okay. <clears throat> so now we're getting into our 10 questions. So the first question is, we know your trail name is Nomen. That's short for nomenclature, is that right? Yes. Okay. Yep, that's correct. Yeah, how did you get that trail name? Hmm. All right, so Nomen uh, was given to me by uh, another thru-hiker who I have dubbed uh, Cast Iron, actually. Um, so this was in 2021 uh, and on the Tahoe Rim Trail again. Uh, this was when we were caught in uh, the fire closures, unfortunately, of the Calder Flyer. So we were sitting there in the hostel uh, in South Lake Tahoe. We were just discussing. Um, I usually kept bringing up like trail names and you know what everybody had, um, and nobody really had like an official trail name. So when I was just talking about like you know how how can we come up with something, so I gave uh, one of the trail family members I had uh, the name of Cast Iron, um, and I always whenever I try to like give somebody a, a trail name, it's usually a good thought uh, process behind it and especially a lot of meaning uh, to it. So when I named him Cast Iron, it was, you know, one, he had a, like those uh, stasher bags and he just kept um, putting food in it, using it to like eat all the stuff and cooking with it too. And I was like, you know what? That kind of reminds me of like a cast iron because they're like well-seasoned. Speaking of which, you know, you're going to be like a well-seasoned hiker, you're tough, you're going to be like doing these things throughout the rest of the years. And he was totally on board with that. Um, after that, he pretty much returned the favor and he's like, you know what, I'm going to call you nomenclature uh, or nomen, you know, it's a play on words, however you see fit. So I like the shortened version of nomen now, uh, but the long version of nomenclature means like a system of naming things. Um, and then Nomen, uh, interestingly, is uh, origin is from the Romans, which means a second name. So I absolutely loved it um, because, you know, I was giving names uh, for people that I've hiked with on trail. Uh, and then to actually receive um, technically a, a second name, uh, Nomen, for uh, my trail name was absolutely pretty heartfelt and, and heartwarming. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I love the thought you put into all of this. Um, the double meanings and everything like that. And I feel like it's a really unique trail name. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, you know, for, for most trail names that I've heard, it's usually like something that somebody's done on the trail or like a hobby. Um, sometimes I like to uh, put it, add like, you know, a simple meaning behind it as well. Like not only because it's unusual behavior for cast iron, but also, you know, the the second meaning of something long lasting and something well seasoned uh, for future years. Yeah, I, I feel like that's rare 
when you're giving a trail name or thinking about your own trail name or whatever, um, it's, it's almost a lot of times at face value, like something crazy happens and then you get your name based off of that crazy thing that happened or for mine, it's a, um, personality trait. So it's, it's kind of like face value, like, oh, of course. But then for yours and for cast irons, there's like many deeper meanings to it. So I love that. I've never, I, I guess I've never really heard of a trail name that went so deep like that. (laughs) (laughs) We, I mean, we were, it was, it was our low point on the trail, on the Tahar Rim Trail. So everybody was like in deep thought and everything like that. So, you know, it it was kind of that moment too, uh, where we were all like really thinking about things. (laughs) Yeah. You guys became philosophers. (laughs) Indeed. (laughs) We're like, you know, there's so many questions we have about the universe. It's like, oh, and then we just start connecting everything. And then, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I love it. That's so great. Um, okay, perfect. So the next question is what drew you to long distance hiking? Ooh, so what drew me to long distance hiking? It was in Oregon. Uh, one of my colleagues had mentioned something about the PCT. Uh, I didn't think nothing of it at the time. This was in like 2012. Um, I grew up in the city and I was like, oh, why does somebody want to hike 2000 miles you know, along the Pacific Crest Trail? But when I was living in Oregon, uh, you know, it's a, specifically one of the coastal towns, uh, Coos Bay, Oregon. It was a very small, quaint town, something I was not accustomed to, especially growing up in the city from Los Angeles, where I was originally from. And just being in involved in like the, the nature, all the open spaces that were available around the town was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, and then coming back to fast forward to 2019, uh, when I returned to the States from a recent deployment, you know, there's a lot of things that happen. Uh, I just need to like decompress. Um, so I went hiking to like the national parks. I saw backpackers and other people started chatting with them. And suddenly I was rekindled with the idea of going further uh, into the outdoors, uh, specifically in some like the wilderness areas. So my first backpacking experience was at Point Reyes National Seashore. It's close to San Francisco, but that afforded me the opportunity to like really test the skills and see if this was something I could do. It sucked because uh, I had a 60 liter pack and I brought everything and including like, um, people are gonna be like, why did heck do you bring this item? I brought a Microsoft Surface electronic um, computer because I was like oh let me watch the movies while I was out there uh, that was that was a two extra pounds of of gear I definitely did not need uh for my first backpacking trip but yeah after that um uh, you know I just started uh, delving into getting lighter faster uh more practical stuff to use on hikes uh and then yeah there's one YouTube video uh, that kind of inspired me a little further, not necessarily the trail, but the connection that it kind of creates. Um, Ellen Osborne uh, is her name that created the video. Um, and it's been absolutely beautiful because, you know, a lot of the same connections have been made there. A lot of the same experiences, uh, you know, you, you not only go for the beauty of the trail, but also for uh, some long lasting relationships uh, that emerge from the trail experience. That's right. And that's what Thruer is all about too. So I love that you um, said that. And, uh, you know, it, it's funny. I, my first long distance hike was the PCT. And so there's obviously um, a great community there, but I was questioning, and we were talking about this last night at Hiker Happy Hour too. Um, I was kind of questioning whether the, the shorter trails had a community as well, because it's like, you know, a shorter trip and that sort of thing. But it seems like that's totally true. I even saw, and we both saw that on the Trans Catalina Trail. I did it at a different time than you did this year, but I think we both had even a similar experience there. And that's like a 40 mile hike. And there's yeah. still this mini community there. And it certainly is. And it's probably one of the things why I love to volunteer at Point Reyes National Seashore too, as a, a trail patrol volunteer is because now I get to com- connect with um, so many different communities that, you know, merge at a single point and they just kind of like say, oh, hey, this is an interesting backpacking spot. Um, so I talked to them about it. I've met PCTers. I've met people starting on the American Discovery Trail. Uh, I've met uh, people doing the Tahoe Rim Trail or upcoming trips to get them prepared for the Tahoe Rim Trail and other uh, backpacking trips. It's been pretty phenomenal to see such uh, an emergent community just from 
the trail itself uh, that it can provide uh, connectedness to everybody that you know wants to uh, recreate on there or expand their um, skills uh, and so much more. Yeah, it's really a beautiful thing. Um, so totally agree. <laughs> <laughs> All right, perfect. So next question. We are getting into gear. So we're gear geeks. Yes. What were your favorite and least favorite pieces of gear? All right. So my most favorite pieces of gear um, has definitely so far been, of course, the big three. Got my uh, Adam Packs, uh, the Mo, uh, 40 liter pack pack. Been absolutely phenomenal. Uh, bought it for the first time. It arrived just in time, uh, like literally a week before the Tahoe Rim Trail. Um, and it fit absolutely phenomenal. And then, of course, the tent uh, is the Durston, Durst Knights, if you're listening, you guys know, um, the Durston X-Mid uh, two-person tent. It's one of the original ones, actually, uh, before uh, Dan moved uh, the tent over to um, his new, newer sites. And I think my absolute most favorite number one piece of gear has been the Weibo uh, through Hip Pack. Um, probably have it uh, in the shelf there, but it's been absolutely a phenomenal piece of gear. Actually, let me grab it real quick. Yeah, please. I'd love to see it. I'm <laughs> so interested in this. <laughs> so is it like a um, a fanny pack type thing that you wear yeah. on the front of your body? Okay. Yeah, it's a, it's a little fanny pack. So uh, for viewers listening, unfortunately you can't see this, but for the YouTubers, it's uh, this guy right here. Huh? Um, it's been an absolutely phenomenal pack. It has lived for at least three years so far, and it's still growing pretty strong. Uh, I even use it for um, casual outings if I go into the city. Um, it can even hold up to my camera. So when I, whenever I move my Peak Design Clip, which is another great piece of gear uh, for camera nerds out there. Uh, so when I move my Peak Design Clip from my pack, I just attach it onto like a little point on the, the through hip pack and I just kind of have the camera hanging there. Easy access to still grab some photos, uh, some video and, and whatnot. Okay, I'm writing all of this down too. So if you see me looking down, that's why. Um, what's a peak, excuse my ignorance, I'm not a photographer. What's a peak design clip? Yeah, so the peak design clip, it's a little clip um, that most uh, camera um, peeps, especially hiking uh, camera peeps kind of use. It's a clip that can go onto like a strap uh, of your backpack um, and it's pretty interchangeable. So I have the base plate on my camera right now. Uh, and then if I have like two peak design clips, I can just basically move it from one to another, but it's super simple. Um, you can easily declip your camera uh, and then, you know, take a, a quick photo of the scenery, uh, grab a quick uh, shot of a movie film. Uh, and then you can attach it right back to the pack and easy access point. Um, and then you can continue hiking along. It's been super awesome. Uh, and I've had that for at least four years now. Okay, great. Yeah, for all the camera people out there, there you go. <laughs> Tip from Noman. Yes. Uh, and then going back to your hip pack. So it's called Weibo Through Hip Pack? Yep. Accompanied okay, uh, by Weibo. Can I see it again? I like how it looks. It's kind of like retro. So I, I feel like, you know, like you said, wearing it in the city and stuff, it looks cool. Yeah, it's super cool. I mean, it's it's pretty beat up, but it still looks pretty dang awesome for, you know, being three years of, of abusive use on it. Um, but that just goes to show it's uh, it's pretty, pretty rugged. Um, they do have a lot of uh, awesome colors uh, on their website, uh, multicolors, you know, to have that really retro feeling of a, of a fanny pack and some, uh, some other colors to support causes. Oh, really? Okay, yes. that's great. I'm going to have to check that out. I love it. Okay, written down. And um, yeah, maybe <laughs> for the listeners and the viewers, I'll link that below as well, because um, that's really cool. Yeah. Great. Okay. And then um, this is kind of piggybacking off of the gear. Is there, are there any changes you're, you're going to make for future hikes? Like, is there something that was, it, it was fine, but then you want to upgrade? Yeah. So uh, it is going to be my Durston tent. I do have a new tent that I, um, arrived. It's still in its original packaging. Haven't yet used um, is the Durston uh, Pro 2. So the Durston X-Mid Pro 2. 
It's uh, similar design to the other tent that I have uh, that I use on the Tahoe Rim Trail, except this one is made uh, out of Dyneema. So it's uh, significantly lighter. Uh, the tent I used is two pounds. The XMID Pro that I will be using in the future is only like a pound and a half. Um, so yeah, significantly lighter. It's practical. I've already used it. Super simple to set up if it's uh, the same uh, method to set up like the other tents. Also, I know you mentioned least favorite gear earlier, um, but I'm thinking of either not bringing my GoPro anymore. Um, it's just been with the camera phones these days or the camera on the phones these days, like some of the uh, shots that I've seen, some of the film and uh, footage I've seen of other people using just uh, off their own camera phone have been absolutely fantastic. So like I'm, I'm looking at my, my GoPro 10 behind me right now and I'm just like, sorry, buddy, I don't think I'm going to be taking you on future trips anymore uh, unless I know I'm going to be like hitting inclement weather or going to be going on like an extreme rafting trip. Right. Yeah. You know, that's something maybe we can talk about later. Um, not, not here, but just like between you and I, I, I have a GoPro as well. I've never used it. I have a hero. Is that the same as the 10? I don't even know. Yes. Okay. So I have <laughs> a hero sense. 10 or whatever. And, um, I haven't taken it on trail yet. I, cause I, I'm just like, my phone is so yeah. just fine. So. Exactly. <laughs> so it's like, Oh, I like I, I have it in my pack and I, I do use it sometimes, but I'm like most of the footage I grab from it are just like really quick ones. But I, you know, I can use my camera, which has better quality already anyways. I'm like, do I even need to bring a, a GoPro anymore? Like if inclement weather does hit on the trail, I'll probably use my phone because it's a little more rugged and and has some uh, waterproofing. But yeah, I, I think the GoPro is a little, little much now. Yeah, I know the GoPro has... Um like stability. I don't even know what it's called, but it kind of like stabilizes if you're walking. Yeah. And that sort of thing. So I think there's some good sides to it, but yeah, I just haven't, I don't know. I haven't really <laughs> thought that it was worth bringing on a long distance hike, but maybe for like our through or group hikes and stuff, maybe I'll bring it. Mm -hmm. I don't think for like my full on throughs, I'm going to be taking it. Yeah. <laughs> but, that's good and what kind of phone do you have do you have an iphone or uh, i don't so actually um i'm against the apple stuff um yep i'm one of those android for life um okay. so uh, i got a motorola um i got a motorola one 5g uh, i'm probably gonna be upgrading it to a motorola um g or a moto g 5g um Similar, similar in size, uh, but instead of like this four quad weird thingy, I think it's got like three, but the, the camera quality is a little better on that one uh, from what I've seen. Okay. Yeah. And I feel like, I mean, I have an iPhone. I'm one of those people. <laughs> I feel like the other phones maybe have even better photo quality and better options. That's what I've heard from like some of my photographer friends and they don't have iPhones. So I'm not sure where that compares now. That was a little while ago. But is that why you're not really into the Apple products? The, the photography side is better for the other phones? Well, so it's the, the filming aspect mostly. So if I were to use my phone, it's mostly for film use. Like if uh, I need to grab something real quick or, you know, I'm in town and I forgot my camera. Um, I did, you know, I know not to be mean against Apple, but... <laughs> I do, I am jealous of Apple after having recently learned that they do use technology from Sony uh, in their camera, which is why it's probably some fantastic footage that I've seen from iPhones. I mean, I am pretty jealous. If anything that would turn me to Apple, it would probably be like the filming on, on a phone itself. Um, so. Okay, interesting. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know that. Okay, perfect. So we're going to segue out of gear to memories. So next question, what is your favorite and your worst memory from trail? All right. So my favorite memory from the Tahoe Rim Trail is going to be uh, when I when I did cowboy camping for the first time on the trail. Um, you know, I was like, it was a clear night. 
and or it was clear when I arrived at the campsite um, I kind of had like a pretty good view and I said you know what uh, I've never done this let me just go ahead and try it out for the first time uh, so I set up uh, you know just basically the the little foam mat uh, sleeping pad the, the quilt everything and I basically slept the first thing when I woke up I was super refreshed but it was also still early enough uh, there was no moon so I woke up to stars just over my head. I could see a faint glow of the Milky Way galaxy um, along with the lights trickling along the lake of Lake Tahoe. I was I was crying at that moment. I was like, oh my gosh, this is this is absolutely beautiful um, to be, you know, cowboy camping and to just wake up and to just be in that moment uh, of the trail and realize kind of how small we are, you know, after looking up at the stars and just everything there was, but it was just absolutely stunning and beautiful uh, for my most favorite moment. My least favorite moment is, um, aside from forcing the gas earlier, my least favorite moment <laughs> was um, definitely the, the stretches where it was uh, just really hot uh, on the trail. So uh, there, the eastern portion of the Tahoe Rim Trail um, is very renowned for its uh, lack of water uh, sources. We, uh, myself and uh, Puddles, who I was hiking with at the time, we decided to refill at Marlet Peak Campground, but not camp there because we intended on camping a little bit after the highway crossing um, to further our trip. Uh, one, it was hot. Two, it was getting a little smoky from a nearby fire um, in Yosemite, I think, at the time. So we filled up on three liters of water, and it was only about uh, 10, probably a little less than that, like 10, 9 to 10 miles to the highway. Uh, we drank all three liters of it. Um, and even by our first rest at uh, two miles in, like the water was already warm. It wasn't even that like refreshing. It was, it was hot. It was dry. We, I didn't have my sun umbrella. Uh, Puddles had her sun umbrella, but she said she could still feel the heat. Uh, the section we hiked in was also extremely exposed. It was just a very sucky moment uh, that entire time on the trail. I was like, even though there was like few beautiful views, I looked at it. I was like, wow, that's amazing. And then I just continued forward. I was like, this continues to suck. <laughs> um, but yeah, that that was probably the, the worst moment uh, I've had on the trail. Uh, for the Trans Catalina, um, it was when I encountered a herd of buffalo uh, on the trail itself. I could see the trail head. Uh, this is at like mile marker 20-ish. Uh, going to blackjack and all the buffalo were just like hanging out right there and I was like this is gonna suck um so I waited 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 uh they did not move and I just said I'm going for it so I just slowly started walking and they looked at me I looked at them and I was just like I'm not gonna bother and I'm just gonna uh kind of like scoot off to the side here like that probably was like a sucky moment because one I was freaking out two I was just like there's no other like good detour around them so it's uh what I had to make with yeah yeah the buffaloes it's so funny so I've done the trans twice and hopefully we're all gonna kind of go as a group soon too yes. <laughs> I'm so excited. and I'm excited you're interested in coming possibly um, but yeah, so the buffaloes are definitely, you have to navigate around them or you just have to wait for them. And sometimes yeah. they're just a chillin', like uh, literally on the trail. <laughs> so there's no way to get around. There's like cacti everywhere. There's like cliffs. So um, I totally understand that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, those, those, those were probably, yeah, the, the, the suckiest moment. The, definitely the Tahoe Rim Trail, the heat, that was the worst moment for sure. Uh, I mean, the, the the buffalo was probably more scary, but not necessarily sucky, but it was definitely like, ugh, like I had to wait there a, an hour or two and I was being delayed because I, I was skipping um, Little Harbor. So I was already had a long day ahead as it was. Very long day. And uh, so you went straight from, was it straight from Blackjack to Two Harbors? Oh, no, sorry. Um, which portion of the trail was it? 
Oh, it was, sorry. Yeah, it's Hermit Gulch to Blackjack. Sorry. Okay. Um, so yeah. yeah, that that stretch. Okay. Yeah. Uh huh. I I know that well. And that's <laughs> not an easy. I mean, none of the stretches are actually easy. Yeah. But um, this one, yeah, this part of it's a like a drier part of the trail. It seems just like more exposed and stuff. So yeah, and then going back to the heat on the Tahoe Rim Trail you said you drank three liters pretty quickly. Like how many miles did you have to go without any water at all? So luckily most of the water, well, there wasn't any water resources actually in the east uh, portion. So to go to Marlette Campground, which is now part of the official TRT uh, route, um, it was like a mile and a half uh, away from like uh, a straight through. Um, so, the next water source wasn't going to be until the highway, but it was uh, like a mile off from the actual TRT itself. So it would have been like an 11, 12 mile day to try to reach the, the second um, water source, which was Spooner Lake, Spooner Lake which uh, is infamously not the greatest tasting uh, water either from what everybody's been telling me uh, when I hiked the trail. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Love it's <laughs> Always those water sources that aren't pleasant. Oh yeah. Uh, I want to go back to what you said about um, your favorite memory. So cowboy camping with all of the stars and us city folk <laughs> don't see many stars. Like the light, I don't know if it's light pollution, you know more about this than I oh, do. Yeah. Just like the lights that are around, like I might see, and I'm from close to where you originally were from at Los Angeles. I'm from Orange County. There's so many lights everywhere. So you can maybe see like 15 stars in the sky, like every night. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's really special going out into nature with not many lights around and just being able to see the Milky Way. We can't even yes. see that in Los Angeles or Orange County or Southern California and many other cities around the world. You cannot see the Milky Way. So how special is that? And I, I'm sure a lot of hikers have this experience too, where they just look up and cry. Like I've definitely done that too. Just mm -hmm. looking out of my tent um, without the rain fly on and just like crying. It's just so therapeutic and beautiful to look up at the sky and realize how like realize how small we are and a lot of our problems actually aren't as big as we think they are <laughs> yeah exactly and it's yeah you, suddenly you just feel like oh wow I'm just you know this little tiny speck in the universe but then you have that existential crisis and you're just like what am I what am I even doing and all that stuff but yeah <laughs> yeah the, <laughs> so the inner philosopher comes yeah. out it's like, <laughs> like oh and that's funny too and I'm curious okay this is a total tangent but I love tangents so I, I feel like when I started the PCT, I was like, I'm going to have all the answers. Like all of my questions will be answered by the end of this hike for like my life and what is the meaning of life and that sort of thing. But when I finished, I had more questions than any answers. So how was your experience with that? Like, and I know we talked about this last night too, a little bit at hiker happy hour, but did you get what you wanted out of your Tahoe rim trail hike? and your Trans Catalina hike? Was it just for kind of more fun or was it for like a deeper type of thing? Uh, it was definitely for a, a little bit of a deeper thing. I wanted to try to find reconnection and not only that, but it was the reason for the Tahoe Rim Trail hike um, among other things was I just needed to decompress. It was during a time when I was in the midst of my graduate student program, uh, the thesis I was pursuing was not strong enough, uh, at least, you know, when I started it, uh, it was basically falling apart, all the arguments I was trying to make, um, and I just needed to step back. I, I told my professor, I was like, I can't do this in the beginning of the semester, so I'll just, you know, unfortunately, my, my money was already spent, and I can't really refund it, so $1,000 down the drain uh, for a semester of courses that I, you know, wasn't able to do. Um, not only that, but you know the stresses of work, especially being in the service. There's there's a lot uh, of demand placed uh, on me mentally, um, so I just need to like really try to find myself, uh, find that connection again, and and really ground myself to, oh, you know what, what was I looking for? Um, essentially, it's it's a lot of open ending questions when I went in there, um, so. When I actually left, I actually had quite the opposite experience compared to most. I 
I understood um, things better after the Tahoe Rim Trail. It took me a while uh, at first, you know, I, I did have a lot of questions, but then over the months, past few months, started piecing everything together and things just started to connect, uh, which is what made me uh, shift my idea for my thesis, which is now completed, actually it's in draft, um, and partly is inspired because of, you know, the amazing community, the connections, uh, and everything, how uh, everything is systematically connected, uh, per se. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. I'm glad I asked this question. I love getting deep into this stuff. And that's not, I mean, I guess we'll maybe cover that later too, because yeah. that is kind of a question, but um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm really glad to hear that. So it kind of was like maybe a reset button a little bit for yes. you? It okay. was definitely a, a, the great reset. Um, I'm I'm a very shy, still am. You know, I'm, I'm I have a lot of social anxiety, um, and but being out on the trail, and especially like doing things like this, uh, has given me opportunity to be a little more outspoken, just to say hi and and you know show some more of the uh, extroverted side that I used to have in in my gainful youth when you know I would go out party and talk to people. Um, not necessarily party now, but still, you know, be able to put myself out there and just say, hi, I'm Mike, you know, what you, what, what's up, you know? <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Fellow introvert here, major. <laughs> uh, so I, I totally get it. And I, I, I feel, I agree. I feel like on trail you're seen and even, even the introverts out there. And I think a lot of introverts go on the trail, um, but also extroverts too, but yes. yeah, I feel like it's, it's a place to be seen and heard as yourself, as who you actually are versus kind of, I feel like people in the, the default world, I'll put quotes around that. <laughs> maybe you're not, maybe you've lost yourself a little bit, but on trail, you kind of go back to who you actually are. And um, it's, it's a beautiful thing to be accepted for who you are and be, um, be heard. So I, I totally feel you on that one. <laughs> It, it really does. Yeah. And and that's why I, I probably, you know, feel most connected to the trail communities because I finally found somewhere where I, I feel connected and, and have some social um, interactions with everybody, virtual or real, you know? Right. It's a very open community. And that's what I found on, um, on the PCT for sure. When I first found that and now the other trails, I'm like, oh, this exists here too. That's beautiful. It's wonderful. <laughs> so yeah, there's a place for everybody on trail which I love. Okay. So let's segue to your scariest moment on trail. And maybe we already kind of talked about this with the Buffalo, but is there another <laughs> instance where you were kind of like freaked out or afraid? Yes. Um, one that really catches to mind, Tahoe Rim Trail, uh, hiking through the desolation wilderness. I knew there was a storm uh, incoming. So I was kind of hiking um, to try to get further or try to do that words try to stay ahead of it um so when I was hiking in desolation wilderness uh the clouds were already looking a little angry um if that's the appropriate term um and I could feel a little bit of raindrops and desolation wilderness as I'm sure you're aware it's a very granite you know kind of exposed area somewhere you don't want to be when there's a thunderstorm so I could hear thunder in the distance and I'm like I am still miles away from my campsite um, there's a lot of exposure out here, uh, you know, I'm trying to recall all of my, uh, safety, you know, lessons about, you know, what to do in a thunderstorm. And I was like, well, I could hide by that one single tree that's in the granite or, you know, I was like, that's not going to work. Uh, <laughs> so that, yeah, there was not a lot of places that could like cover me from, from thunder if it were to occur, but I could hear it in the distance. I just knew I just had to keep hiking. Uh, my heart was racing, so that didn't help my stamina either because it's just pumping a lot more oxygen and blood. Uh, and my heart was just racing every time I heard the thunder in the distance. And I was like, this is, this is not great. I'm very exposed. I'm you know out here in the granite. Um, there's only so few trees or areas that I can like really make myself small. Uh, to try to avoid, you know, a, a potential lightning strike. Luckily, it didn't happen. I finally reached my campsite, but my goodness, that entire hike, I was not uh, very focused, and I was just, like, super scared of getting struck uh, by lightning. 
Yep. That is actually um, my number one fear as well is lightning. Like mountain lions. Okay. I can deal with that. Bears. I can deal with that. Lightning. I am deathly afraid of that as, as we should be right. Yes. <laughs> so it like, doesn't help that, you know, my trekking poles are made, you know, the tips are metal. So it's just like, Oh, great. You know, just and my bear can. So <laughs> yeah, it's like, I'm a walking target. Exactly. So definitely I'm, I'm with you on that one. That does sound scary, but I'm glad you made it to campsite. Yes. All in one piece. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. We're getting into food, which is our favorite subject. So Ooh. where and what was your best town meal? All right. So best town meal, hands down Fox and Hound. Uh, it's literally right off the Tahoe Rim Trail in, um, Kingsbury, uh, great town food. Uh, I had their burgers. It's great, especially after a long day. They're super hiker friendly too. Like they saw me and Puddles come in and we were like sweating hot. Um, even though we slack packed, uh, that small section, uh, from the highway to Kingsbury, they saw us immediately delivered waters and they're like, take your time. And we're like, sweet. <laughs> but yeah, I ordered uh, a, like a veggie uh, barbecue burger. Um, and it just the first bite, I was just like, this is so good. Um, definitely worth uh, the slack pack and or the extra miles that we put in that day to, to grab that food because Fox and Hound, absolutely phenomenal food. I love the name too. Isn't that the name of like a Disney movie or something? I, I think so. <laughs> yeah. And I used to watch it when I was younger. Fox and Hound. Okay. I wrote that down because um, if I ever do the whole um, Tahoe Rim trail, because there's like overlap on the PCT or whatever. So <laughs> I've done that, but um, I might have to visit. And you said you got the veggie, there's a like a barbecue veggie burger that you Yeah. So you, you can sub. Um... You can sub the uh, the patties uh, in any event burgers for like the the impossible or the veggie burgers. Um, so, um, yeah, this is after I started becoming a vegetarian or sorry, pescatarian. So I was like, you know, no meat, fish is okay. Um, mm -hmm. But when I went there last year, this is before I was a pescatarian. Like I had their like a meat platter. So uh, for all you carnivores, they have. I mean, they're they specialize in some pretty good, darn good. Uh, meats out there. Okay, good to know. Thank you. I might link that too in the show notes. <laughs> Perfect. We want to support hiker-friendly business, so yes. they sound like a hiker-friendly business. I love it. Oh yeah, they're super hiker-friendly. They're you know they support the Tall Rim Trail Association, so they're super awesome. Great. Okay, I definitely need to give them a visit. All right, segueing to on-trail food. So, what's your favorite thing to prepare on trail, or what are your favorite snacks, or both? <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Uh, my favorite go-to is usually the, uh, like a tuna wrap, um, you know, a tortilla, spread some tuna, uh, on there, call it good. <laughs> That's like my favorite lunch go-to. It's like, you know, uh, I know earlier we were talking about like hot foods, uh, stove versus cold soak. Like if it was a cold food, like that's usually my go-to if I just need something quick, refreshing, not necessarily uh, warm. Uh, but when I cook food, it's usually, uh, I got this recipe um, from uh, Elena Osborne's uh, YouTube channel. Um, she cooks this like Japanese curry. I did modify it a little bit, you know, just depending on uh, where I'm at on the trail, but it's using Israeli couscous with um, a little like uh, curry cube. Uh, you put that in there and it makes this like lovely nice like Japanese curry uh, or just like a curry uh, kind of food. Um, sometimes I might throw in some like dried, uh, dried impossible meats or, um, some other seasonings, but that's been like my go-to uh, food as well. Okay. That sounds great. So I'm curious, you mentioned dried impossible meat. That's a thing. Yeah. Uh, well, so I think, I, I don't think dried impossible meat, um, depending on some supermarkets, you have to like search in some of the um, like dried food, like aisles. I think there's this one package that I picked up where it's, um, it's like a veggie or at least a tofu 
based uh, teriyaki meat. Um, it's not necessarily like meat, but you know, it looks like teriyaki meat. So it's already pre-seasoned, uh, it's already dried. So all I had to do was just, you know, toss it in the, the cook pot and it's like good to go. Okay, my yeah. mind is blown. I need to look for this. <laughs> Yeah, this is stuff that's like, you know, the Whole Foods, Whole Paycheck kind of thing. But I think okay. I found this one at uh, Sprouts. Yeah. Okay, I love Sprouts. Oh my God, that's my favorite store. Yes. Uh, okay. So if, if you're kind of like on trail, family dollar's not going to have it, obviously. And yeah. That's something or, okay, got it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, for, for the for the usual uh, foods, um, you know, if, if I'm away and I can't get the fancy stuff, uh, my go-to has been uh, a ramen bomb. Um, ramen. Yeah mashed potatoes mm, so good it's classic it's yep. just a classic it's a classic for a reason <laughs> it's good it's caloric oh just i don't know why but like yeah it, it just tastes so good at the end of the day especially if you haven't, if you haven't eaten anything oh definitely yeah it's it's a favorite i think on probably every trail yeah so, love it perfect okay so next question question number eight what was the nicest thing someone did for you on trail or in town? Um, so on trail, um, again, another hot day. So we we weren't planning on staying at Mount Rose Campground on the Tahoe Rim Trail. So we we wanted to at least have lunch there, but it looked like all the campsites were full or they didn't, you know, some of the policies we read on the uh, forest website said, you know, you you have to pay a day use fee if you want to use a campground. So we just moseyed on in and we're like, well, hopefully we won't cause too much of a ruckus. We saw the camp host and we asked him, he was like, hey, is it okay? You know, we're going to just be passing through. We're Tahoe Room Trail uh, through hikers and we just need a place to rest. It's hot, uh, waiting for things to cool down. He's like, oh yeah, absolutely. You know, don't worry about the fee or anything like that. In fact, you know, you guys can hang out right here. Uh, if you guys have any questions, feel free to let me know. And we're like, cool. And next thing you know, they brought out watermelons. And we we're like, oh my goodness. <laughs> it was, yeah, we we just like nabbed the watermelons. It was the most refreshing thing, especially on a hot day. And we were just like in heaven uh, eating the watermelons and just chit chatting about, you know, the tall room trail, the through hikers, other people that have come through. Um, and yeah, it turns out these camp hosts were like super friendly to through hikers. Um, so future through hikers on the tall room trail, your mileage may vary because there is a different rotation of camp hosts at that campground. So you're not sure. Um, but yeah, they had a hiker box too. So you can resupply real quick brought out watermelon um and we just hung out and just chilled and it was just the watermelon itself was the most magical thing uh basically trail magic that i I ever experienced um on the trail yeah it's interesting i've had many like so many amazing trail angel experiences but some of the ones that i remember the most is being so stoked for are is just a simple like hey here's a peach like here's a piece of fruit like on a hot day so I think maybe in Oregon my trail family member and I just got a peach from somebody like organic peach from someone as we were hiking and it was just the most amazing thing so I think fruit on trail like what you're saying about the watermelon especially on a really hot day is like you couldn't ask for anything better (laughs) it's it's yeah just like it just tasted extra fresh like it was probably sitting in the fridge for like who knows how long but you know to us it's like oh this is like the freshest thing we've ever had yes oh my gosh yeah definitely had those experiences too and it makes you feel just grateful for something so simple that can make such a difference in your day yes (laughs) so Mm -hmm. good yeah oh so good little things what the little things what a great moment for you (laughs) All right, we're going back into the philosophy side of things. So question number nine, what was the greatest lesson you learned while hiking? Yes. So I know we've discussed it and I did say uh, one of the words that helped me kind of like understood things um, systematically. So what I mean by that, like systematically or the systems, you know, everything that it involves around us. I think the greatest lesson that I've learned from the trail is that everything's kind of connected. Um, you know, one one piece of life or uh, one piece of your gear, you know, whatever happens to that 
certain component affects a multitude of other things and basically it opens up to this world of understanding complexity um and i probably won't go too much into it but before it goes whoa um essentially uh you know all all little things are connected uh there's effects that would happen in one certain component of of life that what affects other um pieces and uh, also just the connectedness of that uh, i mean it shows where i suddenly insert myself into this system of uh through hikers and suddenly i'm i'm absorbed into the community and they say welcome to our our communal system you know this is what we do and everybody is welcomed and that's kind of the, like the lesson that i've learned is you know we're we're all connected no matter how minor uh in this in pretty much all of life and uh, we can make big impacts uh, just, you know, from the little actions that we take, you, you know, especially when the last year, you know, some of the controversial years, the past couple of years, that's why everybody's like, you know, act, because even a little simple act that somebody takes can affect the larger picture. Um, and another secondary lesson um, that I learned from the trail was when uh, my Garmin watch just suddenly went kaput. Um, I was very mad because it had at, it logged at least a hundred miles uh, on it already, and none of it was saved. But when I look back on that moment, it basically the trail was saying, "Stop counting the miles. You know, you don't need to like continuously, you know, count. Just live in the moment. Uh, live, slow down, and just take things in stride." Um, so you know, restarted the watch, lost all the miles. And then when I re-examined or uh, looked at that situation again, I was actually a lot happier. I was like, you know what? doesn't matter if I, I wasn't able to get all those miles in, um, or sorry, not get those miles in, not count those miles. Um, I'm now just kind of, you know, taking things as they go, live the moment, and let's just focus on the now. Yeah, I, I love all of the realizations that you just you just said. It's beautiful. And um, it was almost like the last situation where the watch went kaput. That was like the trail, like what you're saying, the trail just saying, hey, let go a bit. Yeah. Focus on this experience versus the numbers of things. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. I'm sure it was frustrating at first. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was very frustrating. I had no signal out there. I was like, who am I going to talk to to try to recover this? I did. Luckily, it, I was... Uh, I just hiked in like in a small niche of uh, the trail where there was signals. So I was like doing some quick Googles and from the consensus there was, it's not gonna be recoverable, um, all the data that you just did. And I was like, well, um, that sucks. So off the trail, I found out what the cause was. I updated my watch while I was in town and that's what caused it to bug out um, a few miles down uh, after. So lesson learned on that one. Ah, okay. Yeah. Multiple lessons learned on yes. that one. <laughs> Multiple lessons. <laughs> Sometimes. Multiple lessons, life lessons, in the moment lessons, all the lessons. Oh yeah. Great. Okay. Now we're getting into the last question. And this is especially for new hikers. So do you have any advice for aspiring long distance hikers? Yes. So whether the trail is 100 miles or 2,000 miles, uh, one of the things I would definitely tell hikers is to be prepared. Uh, don't necessarily like plan. It's always great to have a plan, uh, but just know those plans are probably not going to hold up as soon as you hit the trail, uh, especially coming from military service. There's this one saying is everybody has a plan until it comes in contact with the enemy. Because at that point, you know, it's it's free for all. You don't know if it's going to hold up or not. But if you're prepared um, for the situation, you're going to see yourself in a much better uh, position to take, you know, the situation head on. So for future through hikers, you know, it's good to have a plan, but you always want to prepare uh, in case that plan doesn't go according to what you intended. Uh, so whether it's planning for like something as simple as like the Trans Canalina Trail and you're like, oh, it's probably not going to rain. Just bring a light rain jacket. You just never know because if you find yourself out on the trail 
without a rain jacket, you're just going to find yourself in a miserable experience. We don't like that. We want everyone to have a positive experience. And also, don't forget to reach out. Um, as I said earlier, uh, one of the lessons I've learned is connection. There's a lot of connections on the trail and you don't realize they're there. You know, don't be, don't hesitate to reach out on social media if you find yourself in a, a weird situation or even just to want to talk to somebody, you know, there's always somebody out there that's willing to talk and and list, lend an ear or even send you a package if you need be, if uh, you need that type of assistance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really great advice on so many levels. Um, yeah, and um, for the long distance hikers out there, if you're planning a trip or if you're experienced, we also have thruer. So if you, you know, there's that as well, but on trail, you have other hikers, like what you were saying, just say hi to people and you never know what's going to happen after that. You could be best friends for life <laughs> after that. Exactly. And we all watch out for each other on trail too, for the most part. I think that's what we've both seen. So I, that's really great advice, Noman. Thank you for that. Thank you. Okay, so unfortunately we're coming to a close. I wish we could talk forever about this, but um, where can, oh, actually before I ask that, what are your future, do you have future plans that you'd like to share? I do. Um, so I am due to uh, move to a new duty station here in the next month. Um, so an area that I am probably going to be hiking soon is the Lost Coast Trail, uh, which is found up in Northern California. It's a very infamous trail. It's only uh, 30 or so miles, roughly about the same length as the trans Trail, probably shorter. But um, it's also one of the most challenging because that is something where planning does take a good precedent, but also prepared preparedness because of the tides and unique situations um, that you'll encounter on the Lost Coast Trail. And around 2030, is that right? Yes, 2030, uh, the year 2030, I am hoping that's going to be my target year for the Pacific Crest Trail. So we'll see, uh, we'll see how things go from there. Oh, that's so exciting. Yeah. Follow, well, of course, following along with you on the Lost Coast Trail um, next year, right, is when yeah. you're planning on doing that pretty soon. Um, yeah, yeah, next year or in the, in the coming years. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, of course, oh my gosh, the Pacific Crest Trail. Yes. It's so exciting. Perfect. So for everybody who wants to follow along with you, where, where, can we, um, where can we do that? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm going through a little bit of a name change on Instagram right now. But um, for everybody who wants to follow along on all my trips and all the musings uh, that I'll be doing, uh, I do have a YouTube channel, which is being established, uh, youtube.com slash the micronomad. Uh, and then you can also find other of my social links on beacons.ai at slash the micronomad. Okay, great. So um, I will put all of those links in the show notes um, or below the video if you're watching this. Um, so you can just simply go down there and click on the link and follow Noman. Wonderful. Yes. I'm glad you're getting a YouTube channel. We'll have to Yes. <laughs> That'll be fun. So much footage and I don't know what to do with it. I was like, you know what? We'll, we'll see what happens because, you know, it's not just going to be th- about through hiking, but yeah, ever since uh, through hiking has taught me about the systems and connectedness, like just something to talk about. Yeah, definitely. And I, my YouTube channel um, is, is like mostly for me anyway, but so I can look back on it, but it's, it's hiking and it's also ceramics because I'm into ceramics. So it could be like a multifaceted channel for yeah. you. Um, so I'm excited to follow along with that as well. Well, thank you so much, Noman, for coming on today. It was so wonderful talking with you and um, hope to get you on again um, after some of your future adventures too. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on here. And that's a wrap for this episode. I hope you enjoyed our conversation. I know I certainly did. And if you'd like to connect with Noman on Instagram, etc. All of those links are in the show notes for you. And if you'd like to check him out on our website, he's now an ambassador for us. You can just check out the ambassador and advisory team page and you'll see him there. You'll also see him on our trail team pages of the past. And while you're on our website, you can check out all of our other offerings we have. We have a link, obviously, to this podcast. We have a link to our upcoming events, which we're building out for the rest of the year. 
We have our private long distance hiking community where you can apply for free as a new hiker and experienced hiker, or even if you're a trail angel, the point is to connect the long distance hiking community. And we're doing that on our website. You can click the website link in our show notes for all of these things, or you can search www.thru.com. That's www.thru-r.com. Thank you again to our sponsor for this episode, Sawyer. We love working with them because they believe in products with purpose, and they're certainly doing that with their work internationally and their sustainability work. You can check out their website to see what they're doing internationally with their Clean Water for All initiatives, and you can also check out their wonderful products, of course, which I gushed about earlier in the episode, at their website, and the link for their website is in the show notes. And that's a wrap for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it, and until next time, happy hiking.